Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Thank you, Farad, and welcome back, our baby boomer buddies. This is the show made just for you, Another Day Above Ground, where we talk about things relevant to people our age, because goodness knows, most of the stuff in the world today is not relevant to people our age, but that's what we're here to talk about. I do it with my two partners. First of all, please welcome from Indiana, the Aristotle of comedy, Mr. Tim Slagle. I just heard that England is renewing their mask mandate. Uh, it has nothing to do with COVID. They just think that people in England look better with their mouth covered. <laughs> and both of the country's dentists are in favor of that. So <laughs> <laughs> and from uh, the mile-high city of Denver, Colorado, please say hi to Carolyn Strauss. Hey, so I've been thinking about billionaires in space. And first of all, they can only keep it up for 10 minutes. That's why they're all getting divorced and want to go to space because there are no women on the planet who want to date them because that's just horrifying. Yep. 10 minutes? Okay. <laughs> that's what the whole ride took, 10 minutes. And she thinks that's, that's a short no, period of time. No, it, that just seemed long. <laughs> exactly. Ten minutes. I'm already down at Denny's ordering a burger. You know. I don't know many people in the ten minute club. <laughs> but, but Carolyn, I need to uh, I need to offer you our, our sincere uh, condolences on, on the death of a, a former suitor of yours. Jackie Mason passed away this week, and I know you said he used to hit on you at the train station in New York. So when I was living in the city, um, there is a bar upstairs in the escalator um, in Grand Central Station. And I don't know, for like a year, I had this habit of stopping like once a week. I think it was Thursday evenings and meeting a girlfriend. And we'd sit at this bar. And Jackie Mason was always there. I don't know if he was on his, on his way coming or going from somewhere. But I had the most interesting conversations with him. He reminded me of, of a grandfather that could have been mine. You know, just he was adorable. He was just mm. adorable, but he hit on me all the time, and I'm like, "You, you seem like my grandfather." No, <laughs> but he was cute. <laughs> but I gotta say, cute, smart, and funny definitely outweighs tall, buff, and dumb. So he had a shot. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if as the snow globe fell to the floor, he said, "Carolyn." <laughs> <laughs> Our friend Greg Davidson that you guys know, he was, uh, we were talking the other day, and he knew Jackie Mason. He met him at a, at a, at a corporate uh, gig, and the first thing that he said to him, they were waiting backstage, and Jackie came up and said, that's a nice suit. How much did you pay for that suit? And Greg said, I don't know. It's like $160. Are you kidding me? I got to get one. Like, they charged me $300 for this shirt. I got to get me that suit. And, <laughs> and they met several times after that, and we're, we're good friends. So, so RIP uh, to, uh, to Jackie Mason. But 
before we uh, before we all die, you know, we want to make sure that we're that we our, our last years are happy. And for most of us, it will be. But what happens if you don't have a partner? What happens if you're either single or divorced or widowed or or they ran away to another country with your plumber? And you know what? Uh, you, you need to uh, to find it all over again. And it's a lot different than it was when we were in our 20s. So once again, we sought out an expert in this field to answer all of our questions. So we found Francine Rousseau, who is the author of the book, Love After 50. Francine, welcome to Another Day Above Ground. Well, I am glad to be another day above ground. Aren't we all? Yes. So Love After 50, what's, uh, what's the deal? Here's the deal. If you want love after 50, you are so lucky because now is the ideal time. You mentioned divorce. There are more people, more boomers divorce, double the divorce rate. There are all those people who say there's nobody out there. They're wrong. There are a ton of people out there. Those are all the ones who got divorced and some are widowed and some are single. But you know what? There are plenty of people out there. And what's great is you are more emotionally stable, you know a lot more, you know who you are, and when you meet this person, the other person, the other person knows who they are. And you do not try to change each other. First of all, there's no time, and you are who you're gonna be. <laughs> well, that's gotta be the hardest part, is, is not changing anybody. What if they root for a different football team than you do? What if they like ketchup on their macaroni and cheese? You know, there's a lot of little things that you have to uh, have to figure out, don't you? Well, sure, but you also have a lot of choices. First of all, if if you're so turned off by macaroni and cheese or the other ball team, this is not the person for you. But if you find somebody who's like really great, you you try out a relationship. One one shrink told me that older people get much better at catch and release. You know, you try it for a couple months, two months, up to six months, and you say, okay, this person could work for me, or uh-uh. I mean, people learn a lot of things in the first few months. One woman really liked this guy a lot, but she noticed something. During dinner, he said he wasn't a smoker, because she wasn't going to have any smokers. He would disappear and go to his car every night at dinner, and she smelled smoke on his breath. And she said, well, I don't want to date a, a smoker and I don't want to date a liar. And so that was that with that relationship. But that's, you know? but that's kind of what makes it harder for dating after 50 is because people are smarter. <laughs> you can't get away with that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The great thing is if you know who you are, you're probably more confident, and you put it all out there. This is who I am. I Take smoke it and I lie. I smoke <laughs> and I lie. No thanks. Find somebody for whom that's okay. Now, Carolyn, of the three of us, uh, Tim and I and, and you, you're the only one who is currently dating, uh, you know, over 50. And, and happy. Do, do you have any specific questions for Francine? I do. So the online dating thing, right? I mean, that's so different than how we used to meet people, you know, in, in bars. And so when we're looking for somebody over 50, should we, in our profiles, 
put in our exact, like exactly what we're looking for. Cause I've told people exactly what they're looking for. And my answer that I get from them is yeah, good luck. So <laughs> should we do that? What you should do first, before you have a list, you have a long list of things you want. You should go over that list very carefully. The real key to this is figure out what is essential to your happiness. And what, and here's the, here's the thing, figure out the emotional traits that you need. And don't- Wait a minute, we're talking about men. We're talking about men, emotional <laughs> traits. I don't understand what you're saying. Explain. Okay. Well, make a list of all the things you didn't like about your ex or exes. Emotionally unavailable, treated me as a lesser person, um, selfish. And then on the opposite side of the page, put um, the positive versions. I want somebody warm and, and giving and look for those traits. And I want you to imagine if you've got a list that says, okay, a certain kind of job, certain kind of income, certain religion, has kids, doesn't have kids, X, 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 get rid of that list. Instead, figure out the top three or four things you want that will make you happy. And I'd like you to imagine this for a minute. You found somebody. This person really gets you and doesn't judge you. This person adores you, holds you close when life is really hard. This person makes tender love to you. Now, and a whole lot else that you adore. Now, this person doesn't check a whole bunch of boxes. No big deal job, too tall, too short, has kids, doesn't have kids, wrong religion. Now, is that what people call settling? I don't. I call that a great relationship. Well, I, if I was looking, I'd be looking, you know, for a, a mute nymphomaniac that owns a liquor store. <laughs> I can see that, that you're a very mature person, and I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Only on my driver's license. Very mature for a 12-year-old. <laughs> so, Francine, you are over 50. Are you single? Are you? I know you talk about it in your book. Life over fifty, love love over fifty. Um, are you single? Did you find love over fifty? I found love over fifty twice. One, <laughs> I, well, I was widowed twice. Oh, yeah. So that part was rough. However, however, when I was fifty-five, I married my second husband, and that marriage was so much more intimate and mature and we didn't fight and we adored each other and we felt so damn grateful that we had found each other. Unfortunately, after a few years, he died of lung cancer. So that was devastating. But when you I might want to put healthy on your list. Well, you know, I did kind of look for that, but it came on all of a sudden. He wasn't, he hadn't been a smoker for 25 years and you don't get any guarantees in this. You know, he wasn't older. He wasn't, there were a whole bunch of things he wasn't. You don't get guarantees. And believe me, as somebody who was widowed, you know, in my late forties, I know you don't get guarantees. You, you take, I had the most wonderful second marriage and I don't regret for a moment even though it was shorter than I would have liked. And then when I was ready, and it took me a few years to be ready, I found my current partner, my partner of five years, and I was 69. 
So I, and this time it took How me 10 years. How old were you? What? How old were you? How, I was 69. Oh, then. oh, I'm sorry. I was 69 when I met him. I'm now 74. And um, the first time to meet my first husband, I had to learn everything I put in my book. I made every mistake in the book. And um, literally in the book, I made all the mistakes. It took me 10 years between my first two marriages. But everything I learned in those 10 years, I put in my book. And when I was ready to date again, I won't say it took me five minutes, but it took me six months to find my current partner. Where did you find him? What? Where did I find him? I found everybody online. Hmm. And I, I know how to make online dating work for me. And I think it's the absolute best way to do it. I think that's your problem, Carolyn. Uh, you had so much trouble with the internet getting this interview going. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe before you learn how to date, you'll need to learn how to use the internet. Hey, if somebody can't use a rotary dial phone, I'm not interested in them. Okay, I'm done. Get on the left side of the sheet. That's on my list. <laughs> Now, Francine, an interesting thing that I saw in your uh, in your materials, and that it, it, it's the first thing that came to my mind, and that's sex after fifty. It it's not quite the same because, well, first of all, it only happens on your birthday and your anniversary, <laughs> but but it's different. And you said here, if you've got bad knees, it's nothing a trip to the hardware store can't fix. I've been to the hardware store a lot. I haven't found the trouble getting it on aisle yet. So. Oh, it's uh, it's in between ropes and pulleys, Dale. Well, if that would work for you, that'd be great. But what this particular couple did, um, they he really liked to stand by the side of the bed, and the bed just wasn't high enough. So they went to the hardware store and they got some bed risers. Until it was exactly the right height, because he could stand very comfortably. What he couldn't do was that thing on, you know, that old missionary position or being on his knees. And she was able to be at the side of the bed with her legs wide open, and it worked great. I think Dale needs another kind of riser, though. <laughs> I can talk about that. I mean, if you lift up the bed that high, isn't the woman... It, what, what happens if she falls out of bed? It's oh, Dale, if you can lift the bed up that high, you're not going to have any trouble dating. <laughs> Dale, how often do women fall out of bed with you? That's like, when was the last time Linda fell out of bed? Seriously. Because women are doing that the all the time, right? We're always yeah. falling out of bed, Dale. Right. Yeah, that's like, regularly. <laughs> And, and here's here's another thing. So you date, you found somebody who's who's perfect for you, and uh, you, you, you have them meet your kids, and your kids go, ah, oh, no, I don't think so. This is not the guy for you or the good woman for you. Well, how do you, how do you handle that? Okay. Well, first of all, you you you're sure. It is true that if your kids and all your friends say there's something wrong with this guy, you should pay attention. But your kids have a very special resistance. You know, you're their parent and they have all kinds of ways. They don't want anybody taking their father's place or their mother's place. And they're suspicious and they want your money and they don't want anybody else getting it. So there are a whole bunch of reasons not to trust your kids. However, if you get serious about somebody, I would say you go slow 
If you're going to leave them some money, you let them you let them know you're going to draw up legal papers to leave it to them. They don't have to worry that it's going to go to somebody else. And then you listen to their feelings. So that if having someone in the mother or father's place or not having you to yourself anymore, that could be a real loss for them because they're used to having you to themselves. So what you do, whether your kid is 20 or 50, you say that you listen to their feelings. Listen to their feelings, take them seriously, and then you tell them your feelings. What you don't say is, you're 50, for goodness sake, get over it. <laughs> so if your kid is 50, uh, you, you and your kid could wind up dating the same person because you'd be in the same pool there that would be that would be quite awkward, quite well, awkward. That's the ultimate boomer movie you know <laughs> this is robinson there you go it would exactly. be convenient i mean less people to cook for at thanksgiving it makes life so easy <laughs> you also have a lot of choices you know you don't you don't have to get married you can live together or not. You can be in what they call a living apart together relationship. Whatever works for you emotionally and practically. And I would say to people, you know, if you're 70 and your kids are 50, don't expect to have a, a blended family. Keep your expectations low. Some, you know, if people are cordial and polite to mom's boyfriend or dad's girlfriend or even new spouse, that's great. That's all you need. You don't need your kids to love. It would be nice. I have a question for you, Francine. So we're talking about men in their 50s, yes. 60s. Tell me why they're not looking for a woman in her 30s or 40s. A few of them are. And unless they're rich and powerful, they're living in a fantasy land, <laughs> which they will soon find out. And when they find that out, which they do by eventually answering emails from women closer to their age and going on a date, they find that actually it's lovely being with woman, a woman close to their own age because not only do they share the same cultural references and have the same music and the same movies, but they've been through the same experiences. They've been widowed, they've been divorced, they've lost people they've, they've loved, they've had parenting issues. They get each other. They can really, really share their life experiences. They can connect. And more and more men are realizing that's what they want. They want real connection and intimacy. I mean, you know, that's like the the old question of when you wanted to meet somebody and you ask them, so where were you when Kennedy was shot? <laughs> huh? I don't. I, I think I was a spark in my dad's eye. I'm really not sure. You know. Yeah. yeah now it's uh, now it's where were you on 9/11? Right. Right. <laughs> or January 6th coming up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what about, um, uh, you know, it, a lot of people are, our age are, you know, we've got, we've got crutches and walkers and wheelchairs and uh, rovers and stuff. How, how do you, uh, you know, how, how do you handle that? How do you meld all that together? Well, first of all, the, most of the people I've talked to were not that far along with their health issues. There was one couple where the guy 
had macular degeneration and was legally blind. And he said, you know, you can leave. When he found out it was going that way, he said, you can leave me if you want. She said, I'm already in love with you. We'll, we'll figure it out. And I think we, if we're about to say, yes, go ahead. Carol. She doesn't have to wear makeup. I love this for her. <laughs> great. I mean, yes, he can probably feel if she doesn't shave her legs, which is more of a downside because, you know, more tactile. But come on. That's so nice. <laughs> well, and you know, there are, we, I think the older we get, the more accepting we are of the limits of age. We know it's, it's not always the guy who ages worse. It's, sometimes it's the woman. You know, she worries about he's a year older and turns out she has she needs the knee, two knee replacements and two hip replacements, and he's totally there with her through that. You know, or she gets cancer or he gets cancer. And we expect these things and we we as we love and cherish each other and we help each other through them that's one of the great it's one of the great gifts of being with someone later in life when you love each other so my exit strategy conversation at the very beginning might not be the way to start a relationship is that what you're saying to me <laughs> i think that's probably good thinking caroline yeah all right yeah i'll see what i can do about changing my strategy <laughs> well i think what what people have to do chapter one is called do the head work and there's a there's I, a I, hey, <laughs> I, 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 it doesn't so mean that caroline <laughs> Oh God. God, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that. It does if you do it wrong, but that's a whole different conversation. Right. So basically you have to make sure you're okay. You're not still furious at your ex. You're not so desperate and needy that you're a turnoff. You, you're, you're basically, you make a life for yourself that's basically okay. Even if you're a little lonely, even if you'd really like a partner. And when you take that approach, like one of the w women in my book group knew she wasn't ready to date because her tagline for her profile was, don't with me. <laughs> that began ah, with well, Yeah, that would be I an important, important component of dating. Yeah. <laughs> she knew she was too angry. <laughs> so here's the challenge, right? So everything we see in the media is that women need to be young and beautiful and have no wrinkles. I mean, thank God for touch up my appearance on all of these video calls, right? Because it gets rid of some of the wrinkles. <laughs> How do we deal with being out with somebody and having all of these wrinkles? I mean, are you a fan of plastic surgery? Do you recommend that? You know, I have no opinion on it, except it's not right for me. And I... I am 74 years old now. And sometimes I look in the mirror and I go, oh no. And other times I make up and I put on a pretty blouse and I look in the mirror and I smile. And I remember what my daddy used to say when I was a little girl, cute as a button. And I believe it. And I go out on it, when I would go out on dates feeling cute as a button. And you know, that's all anybody has to do. Be your best self. And remember, you're going out with someone the same age. That person's got wrinkles too. That person's got too much weight on or whatever, or walks with a limp. We're, we've all got something. You want if someone not, cute as a buttonhole. What? You want someone cute as a buttonhole. <laughs> and why is there not, nobody where says cute as a zipper? It's much more effective than a button. <laughs> 
That's not what my daddy said to me. Well, of course not. <laughs> That's what he said to his friends down at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carolyn, this is your chance. What's, uh, what's, what's one thing that you wish you knew that you don't currently know about dating in the 50s? Or in your fifties, or do you 50s. ask? Do you ask? Well, when I get there, I'll let you know. Do you ask if they need Viagra? I wouldn't ask on a first date. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then what's the point of the first date? <laughs> Actually, the point of the first date is to decide whether you want a second date. But let me tell you. Let me tell you a story of a couple in their seventies. So it was their fifth date. They were at her place. They were making out like crazy on her sofa. And um, the, her bed was like just steps away. And suddenly he stops and he says, I have to tell you something. I have a vascular disease and I can't have an erection or intercourse, but I can give you pleasure. And she says, that's great. I can't have intercourse. It's too painful. And the two of them worked out a really fabulous sex life. Wow. So they had a problem and they licked it. <laughs> God, I love you, Dale. <laughs> it took me a couple seconds, but together. <laughs> also, you see this? Fingers. Fingers are a wonderful thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, but you're telling me it's my best friend. <laughs> so Francine, talk to me just a little bit about what what was the process like writing your second book and I know um the incredible article that you wrote for New York Magazine which I love and I you know I I, I lived in New York for 20 years subscribed to New York Magazine in fact the back the personals in New York Magazine were an amazing place to meet people um so congratulations on that yeah, I met people on that. You would get a whole envelope filled with people's letters That's from right. New York Magazine. That's I, right. I had some really wonderful dates out of that. And I had some really awful ones, too. But tell me about the process of writing this book for you. Well, let me see. Um, the, what was hard for me is I am profession by profession a journalist, not a therapist. So I love talking to people, and people like... I'm really good at getting people to tell me their intimate stuff. Very often at the end, they'll say, thank you, that was just like a therapy session, only it was free. So I love talking to people and learning about their stories. Also, I had my own story that I wanted to tell. So I started out, my editor said, look, we want a book that's gonna be helpful to people and you're a journalist and I know it's gonna be hard for you to speak in your own voice but that's what I need you to do. So it only took five or 10 drafts of the first chapter, and then I got it. And once I got it, I was able to keep going. Well, we are so excited to have you on our show because your book just came out literally two weeks ago. It came out on the 13th of July. It's called Love After 50. It is available on Amazon. It's available on Audible. It's available on Kindle. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And, you know, people have said to me, this is really helpful. And yes. that was my idea. I wanted to help people, even even guys like you guys. <laughs> Well, we're, we're probably beyond help, but I have a suggestion for your next book, and that would be Love in the Nursing Home. 
and you know, it, it just you know, figure out who plays bingo, who likes Jello, that kind of thing. You know, so that may be it. Well, hey, listen, in the nursing home, I hear that people are sneaking out of the room and getting into bed with other people, and their kids are freaking out. Down in Florida, what's the name of that place? The Homestead or something? Some some big nursing home in Florida where you know people want to go there because it's just it's like a big point <laughs> fest. You know? And sex is allowed. They yeah. don't try to stop the old people, and why should they? Exactly. God bless them. Francine Russo, thank you so much for being our guest and giving us some good information. And once again, that book is Love After Fifty, available wherever you get your books. I think I saw it on. Uh, on Kindle also, so you can uh, you can get it everywhere. Thank you so much. If you have, do you have a, a website that we could direct people to? Yes, FrancineRusso.com. FrancineRusso, R-U-S-S-O.com. So go there, and if, if they buy a book there, you might be able to sign it for them, right? Oh, well, I don't know. Oh, okay. Never mind about that then, <laughs> but. Um... If, they're, if they're hot, and rich and built, she'll absolutely sign the book for you. <laughs> <laughs> just read my mind, or your own. You have a dirty mind. She a does. dirty mind's a terrible thing to waste. It, it, that's why we have her on here, because Tim and I are very, you know, very uh, sanctimonious in our speech. And, I'm and sorry, that was an actual you know, spit take. Call a, she'll call a boner a boner. That's a whole reference, right? Exactly. Okay. Anyhow, thank you. I've had so much fun with you guys. This was great. Thanks a lot, Yeah, uh, We can talk to you again when you get that nursing home book done. <laughs> I'd love it. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Francine. So once again, we'd like to thank Francine Russo, who gave us some great ideas today. We hope that, uh, that you picked up some tips and possibly will pick up her book. But uh, in closing, Carolyn, any uh, last words for our fan? I don't want to pick up tips or a book. I want to pick up a guy. That's what All I'm right, going to go do today. If you're a guy, go to our website, anotherdayaboveground.com. Post a picture and why you want to date Carolyn. And your bank yeah. balance. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the bank the other day. I told the guy, I want to check my balance. He had me stand on one foot. <laughs> Anyhow, Tim Slagle, any final words? Hey, yeah, if you're in the Chicago Peoria area, you can see my uh, my TV podcast, uh, Stand Up, Sit Down. It's me interviewing and other comics, talking about comedy, the art of comedy, writing comedy, performing comedy, all about comedy. It's every Friday and Saturday night at 9.30 on Channel 59.3 in uh, Chicago and Peoria, or uh, VPod TV, you can get it, or there's also the VPod app on Roku. And is that that's 9.30 Central Daylight Time? Yes. Okay, so if you live somewhere else, adjust it, especially you people in Mexico. Anyhow, that's it for another week. More information and a lot more laughs. Thank you all for joining us. And go out and have the rest of the day to yourselves because it is another day above ground. And that's it for another day above ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.